Well, it's a new year, and we welcome you back to the Catholic Buzz podcast on this first episode of 2022. We wish you a happy new year. And uh, my name is Father Daniele, and joining me, as always, on the Catholic Buzz is Josh Sullivan Hello. over here. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. And Matt Van Milligan. Hello. Welcome to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. My New Year's resolution was to spend less time with <laughs> the both of you. And then I realized, how can I do that? Yeah. I just can't. You can't. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be able to live. You're supposed to do better things for you. Yeah. That's right. I'm supposed yeah. to do things that lift me up, That's not, right. That's not right. tear me apart. I know. Right? Yeah. It is uh, our first episode of the New Year, and uh, so... What we uh, were doing, you know, like everyone does at the end of a new year, beginning of a uh, beginning of a new year, end of an old year, you kind of look back, yeah. right? You kind of look back at the previous year, and then people make resolutions for the new year, yeah. right? So that's what we're going to do on today's episode. We're going to look back on 2021 and talk about some of the top stories, the top Catholic stories in the year. And uh, I thought it would be kind of neat if we each picked one, yeah. right? Because... Everyone has opinions about what yeah. the top story in 2021 is. Of course, in the regular news, there's lots of top stories, right? Yeah, for but sure. this has not been a boring year in the Catholic Church. <laughs> Absolutely not. Either, yeah. right? Yeah. There's yeah. been a lot of things going on. A there really has. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to talk about some of them because or else they're just lost in time. And not only that, I think some, a lot of the stories that came out, we were like, we had just finished season one. And so we haven't actually been able to touch on some of that stuff, you know right. what I mean, for season mm -hmm. two. So Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, our homework over yeah. the Christmas break was to pick a top story of 2021 in the Catholic world. So you want to share what uh, your stories were? Yeah, I can go first. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, mine was <laughs> the church coming out with the note on morality of using some anti-COVID-19 vaccines. Ooh, this was uh, actually released in December of 2020. Of 21, 20, yeah, 2020. Of 2020. And now... But applicable in 2021. 2021. Exactly. Yes. And so that's kind of where it came out. So we didn't start talking about it until 2021. Yes. Uh, and it became a big thing specifically as, you know, countries started making it mandatory and everything else. And so a couple of things... We already had a long discussion on the morality of it. Right. But a couple of things that kind of came out of that discussion was one probably one of our more heated... Um, uh, topics from from we got a lot of participation on offline or online I should say yeah but uh, stands whether it be from one side or the other of course because then people started mandating vaccines and people were looking to the statement from the Vatican to say what does the church say can I get a religious exemption and all that stuff That's right. we're gonna talk about Josh's topic of yeah. 2021 but first I want to hear yeah. what Matt chose Matt yeah so what was your top story of 2021 yeah maybe, maybe it wasn't the most kind of popular story of 2021 but uh, a lot of the kind of uh, more interesting discussions for me are the more kind of buzzworthy um, that's going to be a thing. See what you did there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I saw. <laughs> uh, uh, um, things that came up in 2021 is with with kind of the the restrictions, the the kind of general restrictions that have been issued by governments. Um, the church and the bishops have kind of had to respond, um, and you know ha have placed reasonable restrictions on. Uh, people's access to the sacraments, and um, there's, that sparked a lot of discussion about, you know, how much authority does a diocese or a bishop have in, because you know, uh, restricting access to the sacraments if the church isn't um, giving the sacraments, what is the church doing? Right. So, like, if this is the main function of the church, and these restrictions are preventing the church from doing that, good. yeah, it's 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 generated some real some real interesting discussion. That's true because yeah. the churches were were well, at least in our part of the world, were closed for a, 
a chunk of 2021. I remember mm-hmm. January through March of 2021, and then again after Easter yeah. until June yeah, yeah, of 2021. Yeah. Churches were closed. Yeah, so. and, and a whole new dynamic is introduced when you have um, kind of different restrictions and different allowances for people who are vaccinated and people who are unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially churches, in Ontario here, we yeah, had a couple having, of those. You could be full capacity if everyone was vaccinated, yeah. but you had to check vaccinations at the door. Yeah, and how, how, what criteria do bishops and dioceses employ to make those kinds of decisions in yeah, that's kind good. of a tricky spot. Yeah, that's good. There was a diocese out east who had said yeah. that uh, that uh, you had to be vaccinated to go to church. Yeah. you know. So, okay, that's they, they a were spicy that later. story. Yeah, we're not like, getting uh, this. You haven't made this easy, <laughs> I guess. And I'm not going to make it any easier because my top story of 2021 that I'm going to go with in the Catholic world is, I think, of course, residential schools. Yeah. Remember. Uh, I mean, of course, it's still ongoing. It's still yeah. a story. It's not just something we're looking back at, but. Uh, at the end of May uh, of 2021, uh, the Kamloops discovery of unmarked yeah. graves at residential schools uh, put the residential schools back in the limelight again. Yeah. And uh, with a renewed sort of uh, sympathy from all mm-hmm. of Canada, mm-hmm. right? Rightfully so. Yeah. And uh, the Catholic Church, of course, was, uh, was, was sort of thrown into all the mess because of the history between the Catholic Church and the residential schools. And the Canadian government. And the Canadian government. <laughs> yeah. Right? So that uh, dominated yeah. most of 2021 in the Catholic world and it still is. I mean, just a few weeks ago, there was supposed to be a delegation from, the uh, from Canada Go to with Pope, the indigenous yeah. people going to the Vatican. Uh, they, we are expecting a visit from Pope Francis in, to Canada in, in 2022. So this is an ongoing story, but I think we're going to sort of pry this story open and look back on what's mm-hmm. happened so far and maybe talk about what's going to happen in the future. So these are three spicy <laughs> stories, <laughs> uh, but they are, I, I would agree with you guys. These are the top stories of 2021 in the yeah. Catholic world, at least in our part of the world. Yeah, right? for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So Josh, let's go with yours uh, first. Okay. So the big one that I wanted to bring out, we had a whole episode dedicated to this. So if people are wanting to know what the church has and what, what the church what the church teaches in this and everything else. Yeah. Go back to that episode because it is. But a couple things came out of it through a lot of discussions that I had with people afterwards. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of good points were made and a lot of things. So I just wanted to kind of tweak the position a little bit. One of the things that it says, and I got it up here on my phone somewhere, so I'm just going to read it out. Um, we're going to have these links. Actually, I think if I can do this right, the links are going to be right here. Oh, on the screen. Are you trying that? I'm trying it. You're no, trying right it. here. There's uh, going to be uh, the one link is to the Dignitas Personae, which was written in December 2008. Okay. And then the other one is um, the note on morality of using some anti COVID 19 vaccines. That's from the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith of the Vatican. Yeah. That's right. So that one was released this uh, last year or 2020, December 2020. And that's what we, that's what spurred the whole conversation. But th- it referenced the 2008 document, which was the Dignitas Personae, uh, that was written by Pope Benedict. I think it was at the time. And um, it referenced it, but a lot of people seem to glaze over that part. And so I just kind of wanted to point out one of the things that it says, and this is in the footnotes of the first of of the letter that came out last year. Okay. And 
so it references it and then it 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 specifically gives specific quotes in the bottom of the letter that nobody reads because it's all the reference notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um so but somebody pointed out I want to when illicit action is endorsed by the laws which regulates healthcare and scientific research, it is necessary to distance oneself from the evil aspects of that system in order not to give the impression of certain tolerance uh, tolerations or tacit acceptance mm -hmm. of actions which yeah. is gravely unjust. Any appearance of acceptance would, in fact, contribute to the growing indifference to not the approval of such actions in medical and political circles. So this is a reference point that's in that letter, but it's at the bottom and it's just a little number. But a lot of people, so when, even when we were reading it, we skipped over. So one of the things that kind of was brought to my attention, we talked about how is this any, it's not really any different using the cells, uh, the cell lines in, in the vaccinations the church has given us authority to do so. Uh, not If there's no other If there's no other options, option. Right, which is a big thing. One of the things that it was saying there, the, the conversation kind of came up, well, what if Timmy, okay, uh, was murdered? He was murdered and his kidneys or his heart or could have a transplant could save someone. People were saying, well, you can't in any case use anything that's been associated with sin. So in, in the case of like an abortion particularly, because the vaccines come from the good of an abortion, we shouldn't be using it at all. And the church says there is some acceptance sometimes, and it, has to, it comes on a case-by-case -case basis, but that's why the church weighed in on this one and said, no, you're allowed to use it in this case. The difference between someone being murdered and using their kidney and, they, and using an aborted cell line is the fact that murder in all aspects is viewed as wrong of course the yeah. murder is no long not acceptable in in canada let's say yeah the difference being that abortion is legal and is not viewed in the eyes of legality as being murder. wrong in morality of yeah. course it is but a, a le legally it's not and so that's why it's actually if we take the vaccination one of the suggestions in this document is that we should be writing in to the local decision makers, whoever that may be. That might be uh, the MPPs, that might be the local health unit doctors, uh, people in charge, just saying, I do not condone this. Like I'm going to, I'm receiving the vaccination, but I don't condone it. It's kind of our job as Catholics to say, listen, because if you just are a passive bystander, that's viewed as acceptance. And that's what your quote there that you read from uh, Dignitas, uh, the yeah. document there, uh, Dignitas Personae, right? Yeah. It's basically saying, don't just be a, a, a bystander. No. In this case, uh, this did make headlines in 2021 because people were up in arms like, hey, uh, this uh, vaccine was made with cell lines from aborted uh, fetuses, yeah. babies, right? Yeah. And so um, that's, what, that's why everyone was up in arms. But the other document that you mentioned, yeah. right, from the Vatican, uh, it says that the licit use of these vaccines does not in any way imply exactly. that there is a moral endorsement yeah. of the use of cell lines that's right. proceeding from aborted fetuses. That's a quote. That's, that's right exactly from, what it says. Yeah, right from the yeah. thing. Now, what they're, what, yeah, and that's exactly it. So when they reference, the after they say that, the document that it references is the one that's saying our responsibility is to make sure that beyond a shadow of a doubt, people don't mistake us for, it's kind of mm -hmm. like St. Paul when they're talking about eating. Do you eat the food of the of the yeah. you know statue, the meat that's worshipped in front of statues right. and everything else? And it, like the meat's not going to hurt you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because our God is more powerful than that, and has this. We know that this has no power, no meaning. But if eating that meat is going to cause someone else to sin, yeah. 
then there's the problem, right? Like that's, yeah. that, that's, so that's kind of, you look at the same thing. Taking the vaccination is no, like the, the church has given us the moral, the moral authority to do so without any implication on ours. However, we have to speak out a little bit to say that we don't agree with it because it could look like we're accepting of abortion if yeah. we don't. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was the that was just the big. And point. I just want to make yeah. clear there yeah. that 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 was an important distinction. Yeah. Right. The the Vatican is saying there are no other vaccinations yeah. available. That's right. That uh, comply with uh, with church teachings in this instance. Yeah. It is morally acceptable mm-hmm. to receive this vaccine. That's right. But. That doesn't mean that we're not going to work towards something yeah. that's that's going to be uh, ab- abortion free. Or exactly. exactly. Going, and like, there's actually of, now we're talking about a year later, or even a year and a bit later. There are actual vaccinations they're starting to look at right. in Canada right now. There haven't been approved yet, but you're they right. know that they've started the process of approving. The other thing that's just really important in that line, just to kind of mention, because you have the people. So that that's people saying we shouldn't be vaccinated because it's abortion. So the other part of that that I want to put in there is that it actually has a line in that letter that's very specific as to your, it, you have the moral right to not be vaccinated yeah. if you want to, right? Yeah. And and it's totally in your right to do so. And as Catholics, we should support each other in their own personal decision to do so, whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated. Here's the catch. There's a whole paragraph there. If you decide exactly. not to be vaccinated, yes. there's a whole outline of what you are now required to do. Yeah, and I think you know? it's I think it's worth like saying. I think yeah. it's worth reading what exactly. Do you have it? it have, says, yeah, okay. right. Uh, because it, it says at the same time, practical reason makes evident that vaccination is not, as a rule, a moral obligation. Yes, good. And that therefore it must be voluntary. voluntary. Yes. Yeah. So people shouldn't be forced. That's right to get a vaccine. Okay. However, like you said, uh, Josh. It says uh, that this doesn't, it says those who, for the comment, uh, where does it, I'm lost here. It says uh, those who refuse vaccines have a responsibility. And then it lists right, that, right? To do their utmost to avoid by other uh, prophylactic means and appropriate behavior of becoming vehicles for the transmission of the infectious agent, right? I think it's beautiful. You have a choice not to be vaccinated, yeah. but there are responsibilities that come with that too. You have to, you can't just be sort of freelance and, uh, you know, you have to do your part to make sure that you're also keeping safe and that yeah. you're not passing any uh, virus yeah. uh, on to someone else. Yeah, I think, and, and the logic of the document, I think is really, really important mm-hmm, because like mm-hmm. the starting point is in the absence of a completely morally um, preferable option. That's right. Receiving the vaccine is morally permissible, That's but right. not morally Obligatory, obligatory exactly because it's you know yeah. uh, pursuant to the common good that yeah, that's yeah, that's the yeah. object that yeah and in the case where you're not like you're yeah exercising your right to not be vaccinated you are still obligated to the common good to that's right. pursue that's right yeah well so that, that that's a big came one from yeah. uh 2021 because <laughs> because there are still people on both sides right that are um that are yeah. just really actually and yeah. you can and you can uh, like i uh sympathize with all sides you know there are yeah. people who are saying why won't people get vaccinated yeah. you know it, we're trying to do this together we're trying to protect each other and you know in one sense uh, they they have many good points on the other side there are people who are saying no i'm not comfortable taking something like that out of my uh, from my conscience uh, and are doing a pretty good job of being safe mm-hmm. right um and then there's extremes on both ends 100%. and 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 uh, you know so it is a very volatile 
uh, situation still. Yeah. People on both sides will be angry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think with it's very politicized, right? Said, One yeah, side or the other. Yeah. But the, 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 the fact remains that the Vatican has said that Catholics are permitted yeah. to receive the vaccines that are available, right? Uh, vaccines should be voluntary, and those who choose not to get it have a responsibility to keep others safe. So that's yeah. a wrap-up of... That, that, that one, boom, perfect. And I it wish, kind of flows right into the next one, It actually. does kind of flow into yes. your pick, uh, Matt. I, I thought we were going to move into something that a little easier, but no, no right yeah, into yeah, something uh, yeah. just as intense. Juicy. Yeah. yeah. So, the, yeah, so t- talking about um, kind of the, the restrictions issued by government yeah. um, and how the church is responding to those... That's that's not a new situation to 2021. This is this has been around from the beginning. And one of our first episodes is like, okay, our our Sunday obligation has been lifted. Yeah. Uh, what what, do do? what does church look like? What does our faith look like? You know, now we're in this kind of unprecedented situation, at least in my kind of um, you know faith life. That um, you know we are kept from the sacraments by you know our churches are closed while we're dealing with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, and you know, f- from there, there was a lot of a lot of response um, yeah. that like, no, you can't close our churches. We have like, we should just kind of um, uh, defy the uh, the orders from government. And um, you know, th- there's there's a ton to say there, and we're kind of limited on time. But like, um, you know, should should the church be operating entirely independently from? government States. orders in the first place um and you're like okay it, it caused some people to really examine the relationship between um the church State. and civil authorities that yeah. you know if we want to have a um you know a, a banquet in the in the church hall you know we we have to follow health guidelines we have to follow if we want to you know under normal circumstances have the church felt we, we have to follow fire code regulations mm-hmm. that like there's there's a relationship that the church has to governing authorities that has been around for a long time. So um, for the church to like just say no, we're going to do our own thing. That's tied up with a lot of other things that are going. Remember on. in in twenty twenty one, there was a church in Al- Elmer, Ontario. Yeah, it's yeah. called the oh, Church yeah. of God. Yeah. Now this uh, church, uh, I'm not sure what denomination it was, but they kept meeting. They kept meeting. Yeah. They were like, yeah. we're not closing no, our and church. With no masks and stuff. No like masks. No nothing. Thing. Yeah, and uh, I think it came to the point where the police locked the doors, locked the doors, yeah. and gated their church yeah. and all these things. Yeah. Remember, it was a big thing yeah. Yeah. because we were all still in lockdown, like heavy yeah. lockdown. And I think they major find because because sure the way that church not. worked, they major find the pastor and then the elders of the community as well. And that's 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 really interesting because um, there's like and there's there's you know a tradition in Western civilization of kind of civil disobedience and yeah. conscientious objection that we just like yeah. okay. Um, you know, if this is an unjust law, we actually have a moral obligation to defy it. Or to like, speak but up, that yeah. there's this kind of strange relationship that's happening. Um, and, you know, throughout 2021, and, you know, kind of uh, as the situation evolves, um, that it's like there's an expectation of accommodation that, you know, we, we have been given certain exemption, uh, yeah. uh, religious exemptions. But, you know, how much of that is an expectation? It's like, you know, uh, <laughs> Gandhi wasn't a- applying for, you know, charitable status and a tax exemption. Like yeah. that it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. That, that in, as, as part of that, you know, history of conscientious objection, you kind of don't expect to be accommodated. You kind yeah. of take the consequences of, of those the decisions yeah. because, right. because you are actually um, making a principled stand. Um, but what's interesting or maybe unique to uh, 2021 is that you're introducing the dynamic of um, some part of the population is vaccinated, some part isn't. Um, and you have restrictions 
issued by the government that are dividing along those lines and saying, you know, vaccinated people have these permissions, unvaccinated people don't. Um, and the bishops, uh, the people making the decisions about the churches are put in kind of a tough place about, okay, um, if we open up a mass to vaccinated people or if we make vaccination a requirement, uh, which, you know, itself is pretty incendiary. Yeah, you can't because, I mean... Yeah. Well, no, yeah, it's um, it's very they're in a very difficult spot because it's like, OK, well, in this case, potentially we're giving more people access to the sacraments than if That's we're right. just at a 50 percent capacity limitation. It's like, but can, can you can you stratify the community in that way? Can yeah. You, yeah. So, so, the, so, so the one is saying that people can come to mass if you if you say n- not all vaccinated or you don't you don't go with that rule, mm-hmm. then everyone can come to mass and there's no problem, except that you've got to limit the amount of people coming to mass. Yeah. On the other side, you could get more. Like, if the if ninety percent of the population is vaccinated, then ninety percent of the population can come to mass, and we can actually fill all the seats in the church versus fifty percent. Take down the ropes. Take down the ropes and all that stuff. I guess I never thought of it like that. And the ten percent, the ten percent of people that aren't vaccinated, they're not able to come. But we're we're feeding, let's say, two thousand people on a Sunday versus five hundred. You know, right? So I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I know there are. Some dioceses in Ontario who mandated that priests, uh, parish volunteers, ministers had to be vaccinated, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, that's not our case in our local diocese here, but there are a number of dioceses that went that way. Um, So the way I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit is uh, that for some reason, this situation, like you talked about division, you, mm-hmm. you talk about yeah. it, it's sort of the government mandate saying vaccinated have this uh, allowance, the non-vaccinated have this. Well, you know, the church historically has always reached out to those yeah. on the peripheries. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's one of Pope Francis's favorite things to do yeah. is go smell like the sheep and yeah, go yeah, out yeah, to the peripheries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, today, the unvaccinated, you know, who feel like they've had an injustice uh, among them. And uh, I, I disagree that any policy would prevent them from receiving the sacraments. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're allowed to do that, right? I don't yeah. think I don't think the church can do that. And let, but I think what you're talking about, kind of when you're talking about of priests and and um, people having to be vaccinated, part of that is because they're not able then to go out and reach on the fringes because they're not allowed into hospitals, they're not allowed into schools, yeah. mm-hmm. they're not allowed into those places because the government. It's like saying if you're coming to Africa, you have to have your malaria shot. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you feel about it, but if you're going to be a missionary in Africa, in order to go do missionary work, you have to get that shot. And that's where it kind of becomes a little sketchy for us because you're dealing also with the morality issue yeah. as well as you're not letting those. So then if, if you decide not to get vaccinated as a priest, I'm saying, or as a missionary worker in general, right? do we just say, well, those people that are in the hospital, we're not going to force anybody to get vaccinated. So those people aren't going to be ministered to. Right. And that's where the... It's such a, I, like, I don't stand on one side or another here, but it's, it's such a yeah, tricky, it's, it's, I'm uh, glad I'm not a bishop. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and kind of the, the, the dynamic it that has been around since the beginning is becoming kind of much cl- more clear. And like, you, you have sympathy for the bishops and the people making yeah, these decisions sure. because like, even in the beginning, it's like there, there was a lot of objection that like, what, okay, our, our Sunday obligation is lifted, but our churches are closed. And some people even saying like, can we do that? Like, if, mm-hmm. if we if if we think about what's at stake, if you know the sacraments are the sacraments are the source and summit, the most important, important part of our faith. part of our faith is like you had uh, initial objections, people saying like, is it 
even canonically allowed to just kind of shut the doors and was like, do we have know, to go underground? No, no, like in, in the code of canon law, pe- people <laughs> yeah. have um, rights. The, the lay faithful have rights to the sacraments, even even initial restrictions on um, receiving in the hand and not on the tongue. Right. People like that it is a canonical right to... Um, receive, receive to be able to receive on the tongue so people voicing these objections is saying okay well like at what what point do you say no or like when when do you uh when is the bishop not allowed to impose you know restrictions on the reception yeah. of the sacraments um and uh so there there are situations where you know um people question the authority of the bishops to make these decisions um but you know they're like it's in canon law that you know um that they, they are you know the, the, the what was it the the discretion of the competent ecclesiastical authority, authority. Yes. can can make these decisions so like the restrictions placed on uh you know the the rights of the the lady you know they happen well not all the time but like something like excommunication is a good example it's like yeah. your rights are suspended for you know this particular reason and the goal is to bring you back into the full, uh, yeah. communion and, and all of that. But like for like uh, tying back to what we were saying about like pursuant to the common good for yeah. the sake of the common good, the rights are momentarily suspended. Right. Yeah. It's not a rejection of saying like, no, it's forever. It, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. it's like for the time being, this is something that we're. It was important. It's important to point out on both sides just to say that like this wasn't a, an attack against the Catholic Church. Right, like mm. COVID shutting down the churches, it was shutting down all churches, all religion churches, all religious churches, all schools. All it wasn't just yeah. like okay, the, if to me a, a lot of the objection would come in if it was just the Catholic churches that were closed or just the Christian churches that were closed because of this pandemic, then we'd have a lot more reason. Obviously, it yeah. would be unjust, and we had a lot more reason to fight. For that reason, if they just closed down the Jewish t- uh, temples or just the mosques, again, as Catholics, we'd have an, I think, a right to stand up and and yeah. reject. You know. So. Yes, and um, just to close that out, yeah. you know, like when the when the lockdowns first happened, yeah, of course we feel bad that uh, the people were not able to receive the sacraments. I think there was a new creativity that came from it. Mm-hmm. You know, like people were trying to podcast, outdoor, mass, <laughs> outdoor masses, <laughs> trying to do things to help mm-hmm. people. And I think now, especially as a priest, looking back, if that's going to happen again, if if our churches are closed again, I think we're better equipped now with saying. For sure. This is what we can do within our parameters. Mm-hmm. I think when it first first happened, yeah. we were like, well, no one wanted to get, you know, like no one wanted to uh, to be arrested or do all these things. It was all new. It was new for everyone. But I think now we know better. We know more. We're better equipped to help people receive the sacraments. Okay, we mm-hmm. got to move on because we got to talk about my top story <laughs> of 2021. And we haven't left myself a lot of time. And it's a such an important thing to talk about. We did a whole episode on it, yeah, on the Kamloops discovery, anyways, mm-hmm. because that was that was the one that was fresh, um, and we did a whole episode. Honestly, I must say, I think it was my toughest episode of 2021. Yeah, when we look back at our podcasts of 2021, it's very political. Very, very. You have political. to. You want to make sure that you're saying everything. You're not offending, or or people can't misinterpret what you're saying. Does that make sense? Because there, sure. there is some misinterpretation that could be happening. And I think for me too, it was, it was kind of emotional too, yeah. right? Like yeah. it was, there's a, of course there's a sadness yeah. uh, about this, especially as a priest, um, you know, like in our parish, we have uh, indigenous uh, parishioners um, in the community. Uh, we work well with the indigenous community and so to to see this to see this history has mm-hmm. come back to haunt us uh, today 
And to see a people, the indigenous people, still hurting mm-hmm. from it mm-hmm. is what breaks my heart, right? Yep. And so there's so many layers to this. Because when we first did that episode in 2021 about the Kamloops discovery. It I mean, just come out. It would just come out. That was June. Or we May, have a lot. May, June. Yeah. But, but since then, We've had there's been a lot discoveries. more discoveries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, at uh, re- uh, residential schools, and, yeah. uh, properties across Canada. There's there's a lot more facts out too, though. So like, because the newspaper took that and they love to twist it. I mean, so again, never a good thing, not an okay thing, and and a really um, upsetting discovery. Does that make sense? Mm. But um, a lot of more details came out that maybe the media took it and jumped on and look how bad the Catholic Church is. Some of the things that came out were like some of the ways that these students might have been like this was in a time where they didn't necessarily record everything it wasn't like specifically they didn't do it for this school or on like to disrespect somebody does that make sense um they did it uh, that that they were probably marked with wooden crosses because that's the way that they that they did it back then because they didn't have like the opportunity to engrave and people were dying mm-hmm. from these things it's not taking away from in the residential schools and the horrors and that were suffered at residential schools, uh, but it's kind of show like it was it was a good thing that these things came up, but the horrors that we found specifically from the graves, the horrible part about it is that this many kids died. Sure, but it wasn't yeah. like specifically the teachers or the priests and the nuns that were at the school killed them and tried to hide the bodies. I see you know, what you're saying. Say, yeah. I was a little worried about what you were going to say. <laughs> no, you know, but yeah. I see. Yeah, I think for a for a certain point there, that uh, like the media the made it seem like you know the 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 church's goal was to murder indigenous children for a while. That's and, not and, the case. And just and just hide it and cover sure. it up and stuff. But in many ways, though, in many ways, because of they the, did. the physical and sexual and emotional, oh, and 100%. Just, uh, psychological abuse that the indigenous children suffered, it was a and it's had lasting effects on the indigenous community. It so wasn't many, a good thing. I think I think bringing this forward, like having the graves discovered. What I'm saying, I guess, is that I don't think it's the graves that were the problem. I think it was the idea of the residential schools that was the problem. Sure. The and graves are representing exactly. what's mm-hmm. happened. That, does that make sense? The, yeah. yeah, the darkness yeah. of what's happened. I like actually what Bishop Dowd, our Bishop of the yeah. Diocese of Sault Ste. Marie, said in his initial letter in June of 2021. You know, he, he said, you know, any of us who die yeah. have the um, right, have, like we have a stone with our name on it. Yeah. Right? That's our place. We've lived a life. It's sort of a place where we're remembered, you know, and that was robbed of from them. these from these children. And I, I think that's just sad. But I think you're bang on. I don't often say that, but yeah. you're bang on. <laughs> but I think you're bang on that the unmarked graves represent something larger. They represent how these children were treated. They represent the torment that's still sort of going on in it the indigenous brings it up again, yeah. community. And it's sort of robbed um, the indigenous peoples of uh, many things in in their life and in their communities, right? And that hurt is still going on today. So I know lots of people say that government started these schools and the Catholic Church was just sort of a bystander, you know? But I think it's really important, that, like you said, that this came up because I believe when things are brought to the light, it's time to heal. When things are brought to light, and I think the church has to take responsibility for the part that they played mm-hmm. yes, in it for sure and uh and to be part of the healing process we do that for everyone the church their jesus heals <laughs> jesus is our savior jesus is our lord we we help people heal every day doesn't matter what their situation what their struggle whatever it might be 
we have a responsibility to own up to what's happened and to help in the healing process. Yeah, it's like it's like a wound that because like, it has been opened a couple of times. Well, there's a reason why it keeps opening up. It's because not all the truth was uncovered. Sure. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. it's like a layered. Yeah, you know? like it's it's festered. So what we have to do is we have to rip open that wound as much as it hurts. Sure. We have to dig out the infection. Dig out. Talk like get like you said. Bring the stain to light, and only then then can we the wound hopefully start to heal. I think having um, the Pope come to Canada, I think having the Indigenous people uh, leaders go to, um, uh, well, when they were going to go to Rome, I don't Rome, know if that's yeah. still happening. I mean, it was canceled they, They're going to reschedule it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if they've chosen a date yet, but I know that was the plan. I think all that's, all that's working towards it. I hope, I, I wish, I wish, and it won't happen, but I wish that it could be the Indigenous people in the Catholic Church one-on-one talk this out, work it out, and happen. The problem is going to be that you're going to have the media, you're going to have the government, you're going to have... It's so politicized one way or the other, you know what I mean, that's going to come in. Because I think if you can have two people sit down, and again, it's two groups of people, if you will, or even people of the same group, you know, because they're represented in both groups. But if you can have that... It in a wholesome way, it's kind of like you have two a brother and sister talking and trying to reconcile, and then you have the little brother. But do you remember this? Do you remember this? Do you yeah, remember yeah, this? Yeah, and then yeah, you're like, yeah. it's it's a hard conversation to have mm-hmm. with the media flying overhead again. Sure, but but I think what's really important is that those conversations happen yes. between the yeah. Pope, you know, and, and the Canadian bishops um, in October, I believe. Yeah. Uh, released a wholehearted apology on yeah. behalf of the yeah. entire Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. Um, they have played a major role in the invitation to Pope Francis yeah. uh, to come to Canada. Uh, they're obviously involved in organizing the delegation to to Rome. So you're starting to see these things. You know, yeah. what I, I and that's what what um, that's what I think was important here. We have to give time for this process of healing to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to let those conversations take Actually place. place. Yeah. We have to let this process, you know, to to go to the to go to the Vatican, to get the Pope to Canada, to to get and to listen to people's stories. That's what that's, right. that's what Pope Francis, I think, is wanting to do. He wants to hear from the elders. He wants to hear um, from the knowledge keepers, and he he wants to hear their stories so that when he comes to Canada, he can speak profoundly. He could speak to the hearts of the indigenous people and 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 really be someone who's going to be a major part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's at the heart of the Catholic Church and it doesn't matter what the media says, but I think that that is, every every person involved in the church that I've talked to wants that, wants yeah. to, to get to the root of the healing and wants to know what can we do? How can we do this? What is what is what is it that we can do exactly. uh, to, to, to prove that we want to be better? Uh, that we've learned from this horrible experience and that, you know, we can move on. Not move on, but you know what I mean. Never forget. Never forward. Never forget. Move forward. And, and, yeah, exactly. Move forward, but not forget. Okay. Well, uh, that's all the time we have uh, today. But uh, that was uh, that was just three <laughs> stories <laughs> from 2021. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So we we didn't even have time to leave prediction of what's going to happen in 2022. No. I, yeah. That'd be a whole uh, six other episodes, I think, the way we talk, right? <laughs> uh, but thanks for sharing your top story of uh, 2021. Uh-huh. I think it was a good year in review. And of course, um, we, we talked a lot about today about people having opinions and different sayings. I know people are going to have their own opinion on what we said, but also on what you think the top story of 2021 was. So you can drop a line in the comments on our Facebook page or our Instagram as well. 
and tell us what you think the top twenty uh, top stories, top Catholic stories of twenty twenty one were. Okay, uh, you can also drop us a line anytime at the Catholic Buzz Podcast at Gmail and of course we send all the complaints right to Matt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks me. for joining us for this uh, year in review. My name is Father Daniele. And for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, you've been watching or listening to The Catholic Buzz.